Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Joining me now is South Carolina Attorney General Alan Wilson. Welcome, sir. It is always great to be with you, Tara. Happy New Year. I haven't seen you since last year or talked to you at least. Yeah, absolutely. You've been been very, very busy. First of all, I want to personally thank you for what you did to save my washing machine. You've been very, <laughs> you've been very busy. I, okay, as a mom who's had little ones, I was alarmed to hear from the the National Washing Machine Manufacturers Association that the new Biden regime regulations uh, for washing machines would make them so faulty that they could no longer remove. E. coli from people's clothes. You know, people would be sick in, in hospitalized and die from that, but the Bidens don't care. Biden administration don't care. So that's how bad it was. We can no longer remove E. coli from your clothes. At that point, I'm going to be living in a cave. But you were part of the lawsuit to save our dishwashers and our washing machines, machines from certain destruction. Tell us about it quickly, Attorney General. Well, in a nutshell, basically, the Biden administration is being run by people that have an extreme, radical, woke, green agenda in mind, and they're trying to govern every aspect of your life, Tara, and everyone that you that is listening to this program from Washington, D.C. They want to tell you what kind of washing machines, what kind of uh, you know technology you can use in your own home. They, they, they want to control the, the amount of water being flushed in your toilet. They want to they want to control uh, the energy levels of energy in your washing machine and how much water can be used. Frankly, they want you to use they want uh, lower energy, less water machines, but you have to wash your clothes two or three times longer, um, and and they're, they're twice as expensive. Um, it's it's just an overreach by the federal government again. They they cut corners. They don't go through the process by which you're supposed to lawfully pass regulations, and they basically just are giving the middle finger to the consumer. So uh, a group of AGs sued. I was one of them, and the court has thus far agreed with us. Excellent. Can you stop them from destroying my gas stove? Because I'm kind of attached to it. Uh, listen, if they come after your gas stove, Tara, I will be standing there in your driveway uh, oh, with a okay. battery of lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Now, here's the one everybody is is really concerned about right now, and that is this, because I know you are also involved in the fight to keep Trump off the ballot. Tell us what you're doing and kind of what's going on with that. Well, there's a concerted, concerted effort around the country for you know those on the left to try to label what happened on January 6th as an insurrection. And if you could see me right now, I'm doing air quotes, insurrection, uh, so that they can apply the third uh, clause three of the 14th Amendment, uh, which, which prohibits you from serving uh, if you've been involved in an insurrection. What's interesting, the people that are deciding, the judges in Colorado, the secretary of the state in Maine, and other election officials in other blue states, what you know? What they refer to as peaceful protest in the summer of 2020, they labeled January 6th as an insurrection. And it might have been an ugly riot. It might have been wrong, and people should be held accountable. But you know, Donald Trump was never charged nor convicted uh, with an insurrection. But they're slapping that label on him for the expedient reason of keeping him off the ballot. 
And we have filed a, an amicus to the Supreme Court asking them to take the case up and answer it. A week ago Friday, the Supreme Court agreed to do that. And on February the 8th, the Supreme Court's going to hear oral arguments. And the state of South Carolina will be sitting there on the metaphorical front row. Fantastic. So what you're seeing is you've been a part of this lawsuit um, to try to keep Trump on the ballot. What do you um, how do you think the Supreme Court is, is going to rule here? Do you have any predictions? I mean, look, I, I think the Supreme Court is going to rule that, you know, states like Colorado and, and, and the secretary of state, Maine and others are wrong, that, you know, there's a process but that the Constitution outlines. Congress hasn't even determined that there was an insurrection. He hasn't been charged with an insurrection by the Justice Department or anyone. Um, and that, you know, you can't deprive people of an opportunity to be on the ballot. You can't deprive voters of a choice simply because of your personal political predilections. So I think the Supreme Court will, will side with us. Uh, but, you know, I'm going to watch closely and monitor it. And if we need to do more, we will. Trump is safely on the ballot here in South Carolina, correct? Yes. Okay. There have been some efforts here, but nothing. Yeah. You know, and, you know, the, the, the state election commission has obviously been sued. We have authorized them to use hire some outside counsel. We've been very supportive. We've sent them some legal documentation to support their briefs. I do not believe that will be an issue here in South Carolina. Um, And you, this is not all that you've been up to, by the way, Attorney General Alan Wilson. We are talking to the Attorney General of South Carolina. Um, you have uh, had a lot of indictments lately for fentanyl trafficking. You can't do enough of this. I'm just so afraid of kids getting their hands on this because that's a lot of who's overdosing, um, you know, now, especially teenagers. Tell us about that. Well, Tara, my very first major press conference of the year was up there in your backyard in Greenville. We indicted and charged 64 people for trafficking meth, cocaine, methamphetamine, among other uh, narcotics. We actually charged a number of people with uh, attempted murder and murder because they were selling, they were trafficking so much um, fentanyl uh, that they, and, and drugs laced with fentanyl that they knew could kill someone, and people actually died. We've actually, uh, you know, realized that there were at least six deaths and potentially up to eight additional deaths tied to this fentanyl trafficking ring. Here's what's, here's what's crazy. We recovered in the last year about a kilogram of fentanyl, one and a half kilograms of uh, methamphetamine. One kilogram of fentanyl is enough fentanyl to kill 500,000 people, according to the Drug Enforcement Administration. And all of it, Tara, is coming from the crisis being manufactured by the Biden administration at the southern border. It's all coming across the border from Mexican drug cartels. It's coming up through Atlanta and into the upstate and throughout all of South Carolina. So don't let anyone tell you that uh, South Carolina is not a border state because all of that garbage is landing on our doorstep. Alan Wilson, you've been knee deep, obviously, in these fentanyl prosecutions right here, and I'm really glad you're doing it. Who, we've all seen Breaking Bad, right? Who, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> who are these people? Are are they car, are they cartel affiliated? Is this the cartels? Is there a Chinese connection? Because I know up north they've had some real problems with Chinese gangs moving in and moving drugs. Who is running this here? I mean, the fentanyl. Who is bringing it here? Who are these people? Well, I mean, a, a lot of it, if not all of it, uh, at least a significant portion of it's coming from, you know, Mexico. Yeah. I mean, they're just they're just I mean, listen, there's no one standing at the southern border and it's just piling in. But remember, fentanyl is a synthetic opioid. Mm -hmm. And uh, what drug dealers and drug small town drug dealers and larger drug dealers are doing, those that are trafficking it, is they're using it to adulterate uh, or cut other uh, opioid pills, other types of um, medication uh, that they can sell. They can take one pill and sell two pills. 
Um, and what's happening is, as high school students and people who are treating a, an acute or chronic pain, they get a hold of one of these street pills, uh, thinking that they're taking something to numb the pain or address an acute issue, and they and they die. I mean, they're dying, they're yeah. dropping dead, I and mean, the families and, and lives are being destroyed because people want to make a buck. And we're gonna if if you sell someone a drug that you know to be laced with fentanyl. We consider you to be a murderer, and we're going to come after you, and we're going to charge you with murder, and we're going to put you away for the rest of your natural-born years. Good. That's how that should be. Uh, because it is, it is, is, I mean, when you're talking about something tens of times more powerful than heroin, I mean, that's like pointing a gun at somebody at that point. It really is. I give you a pill that is laced with fentanyl. I know this laced with fentanyl. I know that fentanyl can kill you. How is that different than me pointing a gun in your general direction and pulling the trigger, knowing that it could kill you if the bullet strikes you? Um, I mean, that is that is malice. And we're coming after you. And listen, I've, I'm very proud of your sheriff, your solicitor, uh, Hobart Lewis and Walt Wilkins and Chuck Wright over in Spartanburg. And you got Rick Clark Pitt and Chad McBride over in Anderson. The sheriffs and the solicitors up there are hand in glove working with our office to go after these thugs. And we're going to put them away, Tara. So, uh, you know, sir, you know, play stupid. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes is what I've been saying since the beginning of the year. I got one more quick question for you, Alan Wilson. On, I know that you were fighting at the Supreme Court. You were part of the suit to keep um, to keep Donald Trump on the, the ballot. Going back to that, if the Supreme Court rules that he stays on the ballot in that case, does that cover all of them? Does that cover all, like, what is it, 30 of the states now? Or does that just answer, like, one legal question, but now we've got these other states that could do it in? The, the, the premise that we have argued is that the Supreme Court needs to weigh in on this case to answer the question once and all for all other okay. states. And, the, and the, the Supreme Court would not take this up because then we just can't relitigate this state by state in the Supreme Court when the election's literally this year. So okay. that is our intent to ask the Supreme Court to address this once and for all. Fantastic. Well, I certainly hope you win. Uh, it would be absolutely galling to watch t- Trump taking off the ballot. I mean, that would be like a gut punch. That means they can get anybody off the ballot for the most scurrilous of reasons if they want to. So I'm so glad that uh, you were fighting at the Supreme Court, too, and you're a party to this. It's great to see you involved in that. Anything else you want us to know, uh, Attorney General Alan Wilson? No, listen, I appreciate you know programs like yours for educating people on what's going on out there. If it wasn't for folks like you, you know, people wouldn't know what's going on in their backyards with fentanyl, with the ballot. You know, kicking Trump off the ballot and all these other things. So it's so important. You're a great, you're a great partner, Tara, and it's great to talk to you. And I look forward to being on your program again soon. Thank you very much, uh, Alan yes, Wilson, ma'am. for joining us this morning on 98.9 WORD. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. I got to ask seriously, serious question. I've only asked it about one other politician ever, and that was not Barack Obama. Barack Obama was a smooth liar, smart liar, good liar, good at what he did. But he wasn't a pathological liar. 
I've only ever asked if Joe Biden was a pathological liar, if he needed help. We went down the symptoms of pathological lying, which is a different thing from just making stuff up politically that benefits you. Now I'm wondering the same thing about Nikki Haley. Is she a pathological liar? One of the things about them that differentiates them from regular people who tell lies is that they can't stop. It's pathological. They can't stop. Does Nikki Haley need help? Now, serious question. Does she need help? Look, I've been profoundly bothered by her over the years and the lies she's told that I've documented for you here. I was horrified when she got into the presidential election. She doesn't belong anywhere near power. But watching what's going on in the last week, it's bad. Did you see what she just did? She just tweeted, I have always supported separate bathrooms for biological boys and girls. Really? She says she's correcting the record. DeSantis is lying. I have always supported separate bathrooms for biological boys and girls. Really? See, here's the thing, Nikki. If, you're, if you did multiple interviews, including with the Washington Post, taking credit for killing a bill that did just that, for killing a bill to protect women from men in our changing rooms and in our bathrooms, you were so proud of it. You sat down with them. You were so proud of it. You bragged about it. I wouldn't lie about it now. Really, I have always supported separate bathrooms for biological girls and boys. Well, here's Nikki Haley explaining how she killed the bill in South Carolina. She's quite proud of it then. When I was governor, um, the bathroom bill was happening in North Carolina. I don't know if you remember that, but they had an issue of, you know, you had to show your birth certificate on which bathroom you were going to use or, or something like that. And I remember a state senator um, in South Carolina filed a bill. And I strong-armed him, and I said, we are not having that in South Carolina. Huh, but the tweet says, I have always supported separate bathrooms for biological boys and girls. Well, here's the problem. Here's the headline on the New York Post, I'm sorry, the Washington Post article from April 7th, 2016. South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley says, her state doesn't need transgender bathroom law. You did a whole interview with the Washington Post on it, honey. You know what she's doing? A good campaign manager would realize there's a psychological problem here and get the heck out of Dodge. You do not want your name on this mess. When she feels cornered or doesn't know what to say, she defaults to factory setting because she's a pathological liar. She lies. She lies when it hurts her. Here she is lying on Fox News. Not Ronald Reagan, not Margaret Thatcher. She said Hillary Clinton was her was her inspiration for running for office. We don't need another Hillary Clinton uh, in this country. I can tell you that. Your response to that, Ambassador? I never said she was an inspiration. Well, then she trended on Twitter with everybody putting links to her saying she killed, she, you know, Hillary was an inspiration. So she goes in front of an Iowa crowd and says this. If you have to lie to win, you don't deserve to win. I never said Hillary Clinton was an inspiration. Well, the problem is that you did, though. You wrote it in your autobiography, and then you voice recorded your autobiography for people who wanted to listen. 
And then you told Vogue that. And then you did another mainstream media. Well, here, I'll play it. You know, I often say that the reason I got into politics was because of Hillary Clinton. I didn't know her, although I had met her several years before at a women's professional event in Greenville, South Carolina. At that event, she had inspired me to run for office and make my voice heard. And in some ways, she remained inspiring. She is actually the reason that I made the jump. Because you write about her being a big inspiration for you. I went with my friend Eleanor Kitzman to a firm and leadership program where Hillary Clinton was speaking. And I walked out of there and I said, I'm running for office. Washington Post. However, Nikki Haley said Thursday, this is in 2016, there has um, been no complaints. I don't believe it's necessary, she said. Uh, about needing separate, you know, need, needing to protect women's spaces. And those of us who know Nikki know her vengeful rage. She not only killed the bathroom bill, that wasn't good enough. She's a liberal. It made her mad. She went after Lee Bright and killed his career for daring to sponsor it. That's why he's not in Congress now. And she wants to go say that she ne- she never opposed that? Here's the thing, okay? I've been a campaign manager for a statewide campaign, and this would profoundly bother me if I was a campaign manager because it's self-inflicted. She doesn't need to lie about the Hillary thing. Here's what you say. Yeah, you ran around five separate occasions. You told everyone who would listen that Hillary Clinton was your inspiration, that when you heard her, you just knew you had to get in politics. You didn't know if you were a Republican or Democrat. That's what she told Vogue. But you knew you had to get in. What do you do? When someone brings it up, you say, of course I was inspired to run because of her. I wanted to defeat her immediately when I heard her talk. Hello, this is in hard stuff. Not at this level. City council candidate can figure this out. She defaults to her factory setting, which is pathological lying. And then when she trends on Twitter because she's lying again, she lies again. She looks into the camera and lies again. It is so Biden-esque. I don't think she's well. And let me tell you what. They know it. The Democrats aren't dumb like us, like our leaders. They background you before they give you $30 million. They know how to defeat her. It's right there. They're not hitting her on it yet because their plan is to control who our nominee is. They plan to put Donald Trump in prison. I don't know if they'll succeed, but that's their plan. So now they've moved on to controlling who inherits the mantle Should Donald Trump be in prison and we need another candidate? This is an insurance policy for them, okay? Think about it. They could spend the 30 to $40 million defeating us. They could spend it on a Senate race. They're spending it to elect Nikki. What does that tell you? And what is even crazier is that after watching the Hillary Clinton flub, where she lies again and again and again, something very easy to talk your way out of without lying. She lies again. And what are they doing? What did I play you yesterday? They are running a campaign right now. The Democrats are to get Democrats to vote for her in the primaries in these states like South Carolina, where Democrats can vote in the primary. Listen, Chris Hayes, MSNBC, on his very popular blog, Take a listen to this. He's telling us. If you're in a a state that allows non-aligned folks to vote, 
you should vote for Nikki Haley. What do you think? Yeah, I think it's probably too distasteful for a lot of people, but for those who would be up for it to, to do something tactically, I don't know if it would stop Trump, but, you know, it could help extend the primary. No, they're going to stop Trump with a jail cell. And they're picking her right now. Why? Two reasons. If somehow she were to win, she's one of them. They're cool with it, but they know how to take her down. She's a pathological liar. She can't help it. If she looks in the camera, she's going to lie. She can't stop herself. What she needs is help, not more power. Representative Adam Morgan joins us. Um, and hey, uh, hey, hey Tara. Hey, uh, you know, and what they're doing right now, the Republican Party, you are part of the Freedom Caucus. Uh, you are yeah. actually conservative instead of just pretending to be at primary time. And it has been amazing to watch what our state Republican Party at our legislature has done to try to silence you, disenfranchise you, uh, the group of you, and even kick you out of the party for daring to be what the leadership pretends to be in their campaign ads. Tell us what they're doing now, Representative Morgan. Yeah, the latest. <laughs> yeah, tell you the latest crazy plan and plot they're pushing through. Yeah, so they did kick us out. They kicked us out of the Republican caucus when we refused to sign the pledge to not share the public voting board with constituents because it made incumbents look bad and to not uh, campaign against or say anything that might make an incumbent Republican look bad. Um, well, that we didn't we refused to sign that. They kicked us out. So now they're actually trying to change House rules today. This is happening uh, this morning. Uh, there's two different changes. They're offering these rules package. One gets rid of the motion period. So members will no longer be able to make motions uh, on the floor uh, during the motion period on the floor of the House. And another uh, and probably even worse is changing uh, the way that amendments get heard in certain circumstances from now on. The majority leader and the minority leader get to hand select which amendments get heard and all the rest of them get thrown out. And they get to pick 12 each and all the rest of the amendments get thrown out. And the reason this is so important, when a bill comes forward, you know, all the conservatives, none of us are on uh, the bigger committees. They don't put us on rules or on ways and means or judiciary because they know we'll amend legislation to make it stronger. We put closed primaries on. We put, uh, you know, the uh, constitutional carry bill, the, the vaccine prohibitions, things like that. Uh, and we have to do it on the floor because we're not on those committees. Well, what they're trying to do is change it so that when we get on a big debate on a bill on the floor, that the majority leader gets to hand select all the quote unquote Republican amendments so that they no longer have to take all of those hard I mean, so it's just absolutely stifling debate. It's it, it's directly aimed at the conservatives. And, uh, you know, they tried to kick us out of caucus and they thought that was going to be able to shut us up and shut us down. That didn't work. So they're literally weaponizing rules. I mean, these are Nancy Pelosi style rules right out of D.C. You know, when she did that big change and just completely, you know, neutered and gutted the rules of the House, uh, you know, representatives of the U.S., here we are bringing it to South Carolina, and it's a Republican supermajority. And one other huge caveat, they get equal amendments, Republicans and Democrats. That makes no sense. We have a supermajority. There's only 30-some Democrats in the entire House of Representatives. So the Republican caucus gets the same number as the Democrats, and the Freedom Caucus members, of which there are 16 that have been thrown out of the Republican caucus, we get zero amendments. 
And we are the ones who have put forth the Save Women's Sports, uh, the banning surgeries on uh, minors, on uh, you name the issue. We're the ones that are fighting on this. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's absolutely an attempt to shut down conservatives. Let me attempt to comprehend what you just said here, Representative Adam Moore. <laughs> so the Republican leadership, and look, the bottom line is they're all Democrats, okay? They run as Republicans, but they are. Our state is run by Democrats So that, that run as Republicans. Yeah. So they gave the Democrats amendments to these bills so they can liberal them up and water them down, but not the conservative members of the Freedom Caucus. I have that correct? Yeah. So specifically, the majority leader told me all Freedom Caucus bills, legislation, amendments are dead on arrival. They're not going to pass any of them just out of the petty reason that our names are on them and they don't want to have to take tough votes on it. So then they're changing the rules that he gets to pick all the Republican, quote unquote, amendments that get selected, whereas the Democrats, they get equal amount as the Republicans. And I talked to a Democrat about this because I was I couldn't believe they were going to go for this because it stifles everyone's debate. And the Democrats said, well, you know, as long, I guess as long as it keeps you guys from making those bills more conservative, it's a win for us. <laughs> I thought, well, there you go. So today, uh, two Democrats have sponsored this bill along with Republicans, and there's not a single uh, conservative that's on it. There's no Freedom Caucus members on Rules Committee. Uh, so this is what you when you have a, one of the most liberal Republican-controlled states. We're consistently ranked that way. It's why we have the highest income taxes. It's why we have pretty much no school choice. You look around and go, what is wrong with South Carolina? What's wrong is your elected officials. People have got to pay attention and wake up. And here's what you can do right now if you're listening. Contact your House member and tell them to vote no on the Nancy Pelosi-style rules that give Democrats equal representation and are stifling and cutting out the conservatives. It's that simple. Tell them if, if they vote for this that you're going to run against them. I mean, that's the only language that some of these guys understand. Like, people have got to wake up and fight for every inch uh, for your institutions, because if you get to a place where there's no debate and no amendment uh, amendments on legislation and basically lobbyist-controlled uh, and special interest-controlled leadership hand-select what bills and what amendments get put on the, on the floor, we don't have a true House of Representatives. It's not representing everybody. It's definitely not re- representing conservatives, and particularly for our upstate listeners, half over half of my caucus, uh, I'm the chair of the Freedom Caucus, half of my caucus are from the upstate. So it's likely your representatives who are no longer going to have their amendments. They're not even going to be able to offer or have them heard. That is outrageous. So you are a House member. The vote is today, I understand. We need to call our House, our State House representatives, not our federal ones, our State House representatives, um, and tell them, uh, no, 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 no. We don't enable Democrats uh, and block conservatives. We don't we don't do that. I don't think people understand, Adam Morgan, how bad this is. When you say they kicked me out of caucus, that they doesn't don't. mean to anything out of out of on the street. Essentially, what the Republicans did was went, wow, you guys are conservative. We're going to kick you out of the party for all practical yeah, purposes <laughs> up here on, you know, in the legislature. That's how outrageous this is. Yes. All of the meetings about uh, legislation, all the, the closed door votes about strategy. They wanted us out of the room. Uh, well, actually, I say that they really I think they thought that we would cave and sign this pledge. You know, this pledge, one of the things that it said was you can't call out a member of your own party for any reason that might affect their reelection. And one of my members uh, said, well, hold on. What if what if somebody does something illegal or immoral? 
can I not call them out and, and campaign against them? Or And they said, nope, that would not apply. So here we are uh, a couple months later, and the chair of LCI has been busted. Two lobbyists have come forward and given sworn affidavits that he was engaged in pay-to-play. He literally shook down lobbyists and said, hey, if you donate to my campaign, then I'll move your bills out of my committee. And, and they've done nothing. He is still in leadership right now with current leadership, in league with the minor, majority leader and the speaker. And nobody else can call him out except for Freedom Caucus members because they all signed the stupid pledge. I mean, this is the kind of stuff where there's no pledge like this uh, anywhere else in the U.S., in the Republican or even a Democrat caucus. So people have got to realize, like, you, unfortunately, you have a lot of representatives who just don't care about this stuff. They're worried about the committee assignments. They don't want to make ways. They don't want to, you know, not get invited to the, you know, the stupid meetings after session. You have to hold them accountable. You have to be watchful and you have to be aware because this is an instance where, just like Franklin said, you know, we have a republic if you can keep it. And here you have an instance where they're changing rules. And we're conservatives. If the rules work well, keep them. Don't be changing rules to stifle conservatives so that you don't have to take another tough vote on, you know, save women's sports or on prohibiting vaccine mandates or you know, any of that kind of stuff, which are the, all of the issues that we fight on. They're things that we run on. They're things that are Republican Party platform. And yet Republicans want to kill these. Uh, Adam Morgan. And, and again, it got so ridiculous. They were trying to bar you guys from posting the votes on your Facebook, your social media, so that you couldn't show people Republicans voting like Democrats. That's how bad our state leadership is. You are with the Freedom uh, Caucus. Address this real quick. I got this text. I don't know if this is true. Please tell your listeners he's talking about Davey Hyatt from Pickens. That's the guy who's doing yep. this. Is that true? He's the majority leader. Yeah. Davey Hyatt. Okay. So this is his, but this is his role. That- okay. Yes, he told me that all uh, Freedom Caucus bills and amendments would be dead on arrival. And that means Ashley Trantham, Freedom Caucus member, was the, the person who filed Save Women's Sports. Stuart Jones is the person who did the prohibition on vaccine mandates that saved all of those firemen their jobs. Uh, all of, uh, most of the judicial reform bills are Joe White and Mike Burns and the term limit bills. I mean, you name the issue, it's us. The conservative issue. We're the ones that put all the amendments to defund DEI at state colleges and universities. And guess who voted it down and killed it? The majority leader and his caucus. So do you think in, there's any world where he's going to allow us to put the DEI amendments, you know, prohibiting that funding this year? Oh, no. They, they'll just invoke this rule and they'll wipe the slate clean of the conservative amendments. That, that's it, it really, I, I can't stress enough to your listeners, changing, removing our, the member's ability to give motions during the motion period and, and giving power to the majority leader and minority leader. By the way, the minority leader is the one who there's all, the, all these stories about him uh, using his influence as a legislator to get the cop killer out. You know, he's, he's a defense attorney, uh, Todd Rutherford. I mean, well, so, so hang on, hang on just a second, Adam. Trusted. Yeah. Yeah. So tell, tell us real quick, because we're I, I got to I unfortunately have to go. What what is what is this? What is this called that when we're calling our, our House members to tell them no? What What is this it's called? The rules, the rules package that's being voted on today. OK, rules package. I, trust me, if you say the Nancy Pelosi style rules that are stifling <laughs> debate, they're going to know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> OK, Adam Morgan, thank you so much for joining us this morning on 98.9 WORD.
Again, that was Adam Morgan, who's running, by the way, against William Timmons. That was Adam Morgan. And what you need to do, the vote is this morning to silence the Freedom Caucus with these silly rules that will keep them from doing things you want. Everything we need done, we need to ban ESG scores in the state. Uh, we need to ban central bank digital currency. Uh, we need to protect children from hormone blockers and surgery, save our sports, all that stuff. You, they cannot do if they get blocked like this by the Republican leadership. Well, they're not really Republicans. That's the joke. Um, so this is something you need. We, you need to call your legislator this morning and tell them you are watching. You are not happy. You see what they're trying to do. That was so outrageous that this would give the Democrats the ability to amend but block conservative Republicans. This is, folks, this is what is wrong with our state. He's right. That's why... Uh, we have uh, the highest taxation in this state among conservative uh, states. I mean, this is, this is why this keeps going, because they're not really concerned. They're not even Republicans. Incredibly frustrating. Let's jump on over to the common sense retirement planning. Uh, texter rates. Um, oh, well, actually, we're running out of time. Uh, we'll pick it up on the other side. Be back in just a few. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.